0: Please be seated. As I mentioned last Sunday in our first message in our New Fall Sermon series entitled Marching Orders, we explored the question, what is our purpose as humans? We found that the scriptures teach that our purpose, our chief end as humans is to what? To glorify God. In Isaiah 43, 6 and 7, God says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone whom I created for my glory, everyone I formed and made. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we are commanded, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We learned that to glorify means to feel, think, or act in ways that reflect the greatness of the object or person being beheld or remembered. To glorify means to praise, to magnify, to adore, to celebrate, to proclaim, to extol. We observed that we glorify people we admire, including football quarterbacks, painters, and sweethearts just to name a few. We also saw that to glorify God means to feel, think, and act in ways that reflect His greatness, that make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of His attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of His manifold perfections. We determined why we should glorify God, and it is for at least two reasons— one, because he is so utterly glorious. He is the absolute pinnacle of perfection, holiness, greatness, transcendence, importance, goodness, wisdom, beauty, love, and anything else that you or I could think of that is true and right. God is, and all of God's isness deserves and demands being glorified. We should glorify God because he is so utterly glorious, but we should also glorify God because Jesus, God's son, glorified and continues to glorify God in everything. The driving passion of Jesus' life was and is to glorify God the Father. As Christ followers, Jesus is our supreme example. We are to seek to model our lives after him, to live as he lived, to share his purpose and passions. We should live to glorify God because this was and is Jesus' overarching purpose. The purpose of our lives is to glorify God. But this purpose also poses some important questions. We raised these right at the end of the sermon last week, kind of as a teaser for this week. When we think about our our purpose being to glorify God, some questions probably come to mind, at least if if you're a thinker. Does God's desire for glory mean he's on a big ego trip? Does God need our praise to feel good about himself? If so... Is it right to glorify that kind of self-centered supreme being? Well, Julia Sweeney, an actress, by the way, you're, if you're looking at your notes, it says Jodie Sweeney, that's a typo, should be Julia Sweeney, an actress, writer, and an atheist best known for her four-year run on Saturday Night Live expresses these questions in her own words of disbelief on a TED Radio Hour talk. Julia says, the whole idea that there's a God who cares if people believe in him or not, like why would God care if people believed in him or not? Uh, That was one of the many things that I found so shocking reading the Bible. First of all, how insecure God is. I mean, God is so insecure, he needs everyone to say, you're the number one. You're the number one over all the other gods. You're the top God. And like it's the most insecure, insecure character. That was what Julia says. And you know what? She's probably not the only one who, who has struggled with some of these kinds of questions. Well, why do we struggle with this idea of God desiring glory for himself? I believe it's because we don't tend to like individuals that are focused on pursuing their own glory and drawing attention To themselves. We don't like people who are enamored with their own skill, power, or good looks. We don't like scholars who parade their books and credentials before us. We don't tend to like businessmen who talk about their investing prowess, how they've shrewdly invested their pile by getting in when the market was low and selling when the market was high. We don't like children, not even our own children, when they play the I'm better than you are game with their peers. We are not impressed by men who try to look GQ or women who wouldn't be caught dead in last year's fashions because they're obsessed with what others think of them. Our perception of individuals who seek their own glory is negative. And why is this? Because they are generally inauthentic. They're always calculating, always maneuvering, always posturing to get compliments and praise and approval because... That's the source of their life. Conversely, we admire people who are composed, secure, and at peace with themselves rather than always trying to win compliments. These individuals don't need to compensate for their deficiencies by seeking praise from others. But but hear, hear me on this. God is not inauthentic. He has no deficiencies for which he needs to compensate. He has no inadequacy, no insecurity, no weakness that he needs to hide. He has no need to make himself look better in the eyes of humankind. God is utterly perfect. There is nothing we can supply to him. Anything you offer back to God or that I offer back to God, he's already given to us. There must be some other explanation why God pursues our praise other than, well, he's inauthentic. The second reason we don't tend to like people who pursue their own glory and draw attention to themselves is that they're usually unloving. They're so concerned with how they're coming across, how they're being perceived, and whether they're being praised and liked and complimented that they have little or no awareness of the needs of others around them. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 5 that love is not self-seeking. The Bible also tells us that God is love. So how can God seeking glory for himself be loving? Well, the answer begins to take shape when we learn that there's a second part to our purpose The Presbyterian Westminster Catechism states our purpose like this. The chief end of man is to glorify God. And last week I didn't tell you the the, the second part, but here it is. And to enjoy Him forever. To enjoy God forever. Well, where do we find this in Scripture? In Psalm 1611, we read the words of the psalmist. You reveal the path of life to me. The psalmist is talking to God. You, God, reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is what? Abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Notice that the joy spoken of by the psalmist is joy in God himself. It's in God's presence that he finds joy because the joy is in God himself, in God as a person. It's at God's right hand, again, signifying a place near to God, a place of relationship with God that the psalmist declares that eternal enjoyment will be found. God intends that you and I enjoy him now and forever when we are in his presence we experience great joy and our greatest joy is simply knowing and loving him where else does the bible talk about enjoying god well philippians 4:4 4, 4 says this rejoice in the lord always psalm 37:4 says take delight in the lord Psalm 32, 7, in, in, in Psalm 32, 7, we are commanded, be glad in the Lord. In Romans 5, 11, Paul tells us, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. God has not only created us to glorify him, but to enjoy him now and for all eternity. And it's in the second part of our purpose enjoying God now and forever, that we find reasonable answers to why the most loving thing that God can do for us is to seek glory and praise for himself. Think about praise for a moment. When we receive a gift or are shown something excellent, beautiful, admirable, or awesome, what do we do? We praise it. All of us praise what we admire and enjoy. We praise the aroma of a fresh apple pie baking in the oven. Hmm, I don't know about you, but I can smell it right now. Oh, it's good. We praise the adorable wonder of a newborn baby like Camila, including her tiny toes and fingers. We praise grand slams in the bottom of the ninth when we're down by three. We praise the finely honed skills of a surgeon who has successfully removed a menacing tumor. We praise the biggest fish caught on the trip away with the boys. We praise the wondrous beauty of the grand vista beheld from the shore of Lake Louise. We praise the culinary skills of a chef whose cooking tantalizes our taste buds with delight and we praise and we go berserk, at least some of us do, over a slap shot that turns on the red light in overtime in the big game. Why? Because praise is joy's consummation. Let me say that again. Praise is joy's consummation. Enjoyment is incomplete without praise. C.S. Lewis Says it like this I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. He continues. It's frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. He continues. I lost my place here. Uh, Here we go. To come suddenly at the turn of the road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then to have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than for a tin can In the ditch, to hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify Him, God is inviting us to enjoy Him. What is Lewis saying? He's saying that the most loving thing that God could do for you and for me is to give us himself and to mandate that we should glorify him. In doing so, God has made possible our highest joy and fulfillment. For it's only as we glorify God, as we praise him, that our enjoyment of him can be made complete. God's desire for glory does not demonstrate that he is inauthentic, or unloving. On the contrary, his desire for glory, for praise, is the highest possible expression of authenticity and love for us. Without glorifying God, without praising him, our enjoyment of him could never be consummated. We could never experience total fulfillment. God's desire for you and for me is for relationship with himself, And in that relationship for us to experience fullness of joy, the only way for that joy to be made complete is for you and I to praise God, to magnify him, to glorify him for the utterly glorious supreme being that he is, just as his son Jesus Christ does. God demonstrated the reality of his desire for relationship with you through the cross. Without the cross, you could not experience relationship with God. Without the cross, you could not enjoy God now and forever. Without the cross, you could never experience the fullness of joy and total fulfillment that God in his great love Desires for you. Because of the cross, you can fulfill your purpose. You can glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Have you begun that journey? Have you come to the cross? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus and chosen to follow Him as your boss? and publicly professed your faith in him through baptism? If not, he is calling to you today, inviting you to vacate the throne of your life and invite him, his son Jesus, to be seated there. He's calling you to follow Jesus. At the end of our service you will have an opportunity to respond to God's invitation. Our prayer teams will be here at the front, and they would love nothing better than to share with you how you can choose to follow Jesus today. Others of us here have begun that journey of glorifying God, of fulfilling our purpose, and of enjoying Him. But for some reason, you've drifted away or become distracted from the narrow road called life. In one way or another, you've not been living a life that glorifies God and that experiences the fullness of joy that God desires for you. Jesus calls you today back to the path of life. He will forgive you, cleanse you, and he is ready to walk with you again if you simply admit your failure your rebellion, and you choose to surrender anew to his control in your life, will you do that? Our prayer teams will also be here to to listen and to pray with you too. Others of of us here, as best we know, are earnestly seeking and making daily choices to glorify God. I believe your heavenly father wants you to know that he's proud of you. He wants you to know that He rejoices when you enjoy Him. He loves you and He delights for you to walk the journey of life with His Son, Jesus. He exhorts you to keep walking in obedience, seeking kingdom priorities, being a city on a hill. As you do, you will experience life to the max. What is your purpose and what is my purpose? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Are you fulfilling your purpose? Are you following your marching orders? If you are and if you do, you will fulfill your destiny and you will experience an adventure more exhilarating than what your wildest imagination could conceive. Let's pray.